Welcome back to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Erner Berry Marketing Assistant Nicole Christie, and I'm here with Seafood News Staff Writer Amanda Buckle. Hello, hello. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by Erner Berry's Foreign Trade Data. Foreign Trade Data puts complete records of all waterborne seafood shipments at your fingertips for you to analyze and search in whichever way you desire. Call 732-240-5330 for your free demo. Now let's dive right into it. Today we're going to be talking all about Seafood Expo North America. And we actually have a couple guests with us today. A, uh, a first, I mean, I guess Angel co-hosted with me on day, but he doesn't really count. That's market reporter Angel <laughs> Rubio. But uh, today we have market reporter uh, Liz. Liz, how do you even, I can I never pronounce your name right. Cuzzo. Liz Cuzzo. <laughs> and Lauren, it's Lauren Cast, market reporter Lauren, what's your last name? Castiglione. These are like very Italian names, and I'm yes. very yeah. bad pronouncing everything. And we have a couple more last names to pronounce this, this episode that are also going to be butchered, so stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so Liz, Lauren, and I um, just came back from Seafood Expo North America this week, and uh, Nicole didn't get a chance to join us, but you've been to previous shows. Yes, last year, Yeah, but not this year, unfortunately. But it was cut short by the snow anyway, so it's okay. Exactly. I'd rather be there warm. <laughs> but uh, Liz and Lauren, I guess, kind of took your place. And like I said, this was a first time for all of us. And uh, I thought it would be really cool to just get everyone's input on, on what they thought of it. So Liz, you want to kick us off? What were your first thoughts when you walked into the, mm-hmm. the Expo Center? I know I was surprised by like all the booths. Like, how there, many booths there were, how many people. Um, some of the booths were unbelievably gorgeous, really. Um, it's amazing how much time and effort they clearly put into it. Yes. We actually got a chance to walk the floor the night before the expo opened. And do you remember there was like... Nothing was done. No, it was crazy. And there was so much construction being done. There was like a cement floor and then they ended up putting carpet, carpet over it. Double padding is the key. <laughs> oh my gosh. Back. And feet. Um, but yeah, nothing was done really until that morning when it, the expo finally opened. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool how it all came together. Yeah, and uh, Lauren, what was your, like, do you have a favorite part of the expo? Favorite part, probably beer clock with preferred <laughs> freezers. <laughs> the Erner Berry booth, number 364. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we still have it for next year, but uh, it's right across from the preferred freezer booth. And they had those huge polar bears back, and at 4 o'clock every day, they had free beer and wine. And, bi- and the band. Mm-hmm. Oh, band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the reason why it was my favorite is because not only because of the entertainment, but it brought in so many people into our booth. And so all of the contacts that I was trying to hunt down, they came right up to us um, because it was the hot spot. So. Yeah, actually, that's a great point. Liz, did you get to meet um, any? Because as a market reporter, you're always talking to a bunch of people. And we're based out of New Jersey, but you probably have contacts from all over. I do. And it was great to put a name and a face together, um, met people from the West Coast, Southeast, um, met a lot of our contacts, so it was really a good opportunity for, for myself and Erna Barry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I personally spoke to a couple people there, but I think probably the biggest thing for me was trying a lot of the seafood. <laughs> there was so many samples of everything, and we're going to get actually get into that in a little bit, but um, it was just a, a really neat way to gather the entire industry and kind of get a chance to see what's new, see what's out there. Um, because I don't think uh, a lot of people realize, I mean, I know like as a new person to the seafood industry in general, like I didn't even know half these things existed. Um, and I just think that when you're in a food store, you know, it, it's one thing just shopping for seafood and it's another thing 
actually realizing how many companies and how many people work behind this, the, the effort that they all put into it to, to get it onto your plate. So, Amanda, I just want to bring up, in the last podcast episode, you promised us that you would try the new Shrimp and Go products at Seafood Expo North America. Were they there, and did you try them? No, I didn't. I, I didn't upsetting. find them. I did not find them. <laughs> what was the craziest thing that you or you girls tried there? Ooh, I'm, I'm a little stumped right now, actually. Maybe the, the yellowfin um, tuna slices, which I'm not going to get into right now because that is further into our segment. So not that. I'm not going to say that. But I mean, there was like some really great cl- uh, clam strips I had. Basically, when I was hungry, I, I would I would stalk the floor. <laughs> oysters. There was plenty of oysters. There was just like so Everything much. you can imagine. So much. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely like a great event. And and the tough part I think was the weather. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the the floor was a little panicked on Monday. There was a lot of people that just were clearly trying to to make their way out of there and. Um, like I said, we all left Monday evening, so we didn't even get to stay Tuesday. We had a couple of our colleagues stay um, Tuesday for the show, and and they said, I mean, there were there were some, you know, pockets of of traffic, and there was definitely a lot of people that came, but it was nowhere, from what we heard, there was it was nowhere near the the traffic of previous um, expos, and which is a shame. Yeah, like even in the office, we have a camera that kind of spies on our people when they're there in the booth, and you can just tell the traffic was so much lighter than even last year, and I think that's attributed to the weather. When you have an event in March, that's, you know, bound to happen. Yeah, and I mean, I get it, like, Boston is a a huge seafood area. I I understand why it's being held there. Uh, I I do wish it was at a different date, but, I mean, if it's been held, held in Boston for years, and they've never really had this problem, then... What's, what's one year going to do? You know, exactly. but like I said, it just the fact that all these, like, there were lighthouses built. There were, like, multiple levels of some of these booths. And and just the fact that it didn't have as much traffic as, as last year, I just, I honestly feel bad for the people that just put so much time into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know that, I mean, our our booth was nice. It was nowhere near as extravagant. Like, we didn't, we didn't build any structures or anything. There was no kitchens there or anything like that, but... Uh, but I know the amount of time that we put into it, and I, I know for a fact that people put in a lot more than that. And, um, you know, I just hope it was a good expo for everybody and that the storm didn't, didn't hurt too much. But the one thing that I did get out, and I'm bummed that we left early, is that there's a video going viral of a man dressed as Elsa <laughs> from Frozen. Did you see What? Rescuing the uh, police. Yeah, Elsa, a man dressed as Elsa from Frozen, uh, single-handedly pushed a, a police... <laughs> vehicle that was like a truck that was stuck in the snow and uh the big joke we're like oh my god was that because we had you know um we had hank hansen our, one of our uh sales managers and and angel ruby our market reporter and we're like was that one of them dressed as elsa pushing this police truck that's that's probably my biggest regret about leaving early is that i missed i missed that opportunity to to watch elsa in action so anyway thank you for joining us liz and lauren uh now get out that's it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so so our next, uh, you know, like I said, we were, we were all new kids on the block at the Seafood Expo North America, but we weren't the only ones that were new there. And um, I actually had a chance to talk to Timestrip founder Ruben um, Izbitsky about his UK-based time temperature solutions company and how it got started. Um, now, Nicole, do you know what a time strip is? Amanda's always putting me on the spot. No, Amanda, I don't know what a time strip is. Please tell me. Well, that's a great answer because I'm going to tell you. So, uh, time strip produces high-tech and low-cost visual indicators of time and temperature. Uh, they actually started up 15 years ago, and initially they were making uh, temperature indicators for the pharmaceutical industry, so for, like, blood bags and things like that. 
And um, in the past two years, the company developed a line of food temp indicators that are designed to alert the user when there's been a breach in the temperature threshold. So um, the time strip indicator is like, it looks actually like a rectangular sticker and it's got like a round on button, kind of like, um, it's like, kind of reminds me of like when you're popping the bubble wrap, like it's like that kind of button, but it doesn't pop. So I guess maybe it's not at all like that. <laughs> maybe it's more it's like, like that, but it's not like that. I'm trying to, you know, like, okay, so the Dunkin' Donuts cups and then you can push it if you use oh, decaf yes. or whatever. I think that's probably the better, the better comparison. Yeah. That it's makes like a, a little more cup. sense. But also, quick side note on that, no one ever uses that. I've, I've never used it. But yeah. sometimes when I order something, like if I'm at a fast food place and say I got lemonade because I don't drink soda, they'll pop it for lemonade. That's weird. And I think it's just that. I think it's just a lemonade thing. Well, this time strip, you definitely want to pop this thing. Um, and we're going to actually, uh, I had Ruben do a demo for me on how to explain how it works. Um, so let's listen in on that and give, let's hear a, a quick demo from him. So there's a liquid in here. That okay. liquid is, um, it's, it's a food grade liquid. It's actually very similar to like a margarine or something. It's fatty acids. Okay. And this liquid has a melting point of 5C. Now, at the moment, nothing happens to it because it's not activated. Yeah. It's one of the big advantages of our product. There's no battery. There's no anything. It's, it's all very inert. Okay. So I give it a squeeze. That's released the liquid in contact with this membrane. Okay. I've just printed a little thing in white that says the word on, so, but I don't have to wait for it, but it'll, it'll reveal the word on. And then I peel it off, nice food safe adhesive on it, stick it on, and then if the product is below 5C, it freezes that liquid again. Okay. Now it's with the membrane and it doesn't move. Okay. So then as soon as the temperature of the actual device that it's stuck to, and everything um, that it's adhering to, it's actually taking the temperature of that product. It's not taking air temperature, okay. which is very nice because each product itself has a thermal mass, yeah. so it takes time. So just because somebody opened the door in the summer and it got hot, it doesn't actually matter to something. If you got a five liter can of scallops, it's going to take time for that to do it, so there's yeah. no false positives. It's, um, it's a pretty neat piece of technology that not only prevents a consumer from being served food that could potentially have bacteria, but um, could actually also help companies save money by cutting down on waste. I mean, if you ever think about, you know, if a company finds out that this, their food, like, you know, has been sitting out for too long, I mean, that all that food's getting thrown it's out. It's getting, yeah, oh yeah, you it's know, going so to waste. If you have these timer temperatures, you can hopefully monitor that and, and save a lot of your product. Save I, your it, inventory. Yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I was very excited to, to talk to Ruben about it and, um, you know, there's a full story on the Seafood uh, News website, so definitely check that out. Um, but moving along. So so at Seafood Expo North America, were there a lot of new products, you know, on display like this? Oh, yeah. So actually, so like we mentioned briefly before, um, there's, <laughs> there's actually a mini award ceremony at the show, and it's called the Seafood Excellence Awards. And it recognizes and celebrates these new products in North America that, you know, it's all seafood related, but there's over 80 entries that were submitted. And it's only two, I mean, it's an awards, you know, Seafood Excellence Awards, but there's only two categories. So there's, there's not, they're not handing this out to everybody. Um, and it's best new retail product and best new food service product. And so they, they narrowed down the 80 entries to 12 finalists. They did that back in February. And they actually announced the winners at Seafood Expo North America. So Iceland's finest beat out. Others take home the award for the best new retail product for their creamy masago bites. 
um, and Thai Union's Chicken of the Sea won the award for best new food service product for their yellowfin tuna slices, which was what I was talking about earlier. So, um, and we also talked about the tuna slices in our last podcast. This is now turning into Chicken of the Sea's tuna, tuna slice <laughs> <Promotion>. podcast. <laughs> um, but they're the world's first pre-sliced, pre-seasoned tuna slices, and they're made from whole yellowfin tuna loins. And um, they were launched to compete with sliced turkey, ham, and roast beef in America's restaurants. So uh, they're currently being tested and rolled out nationwide, so keep an eye out for that. But like I said, you know, we talked about this last week. It's, it's just a really cool idea, and I can't believe no one's really thought about this. Either, yeah. But um, if you guys tried the yellowfin tuna slices at Seafood Expo North America, leave us a comment. Just let us know how it is because we are extremely curious yes. as to, you know, your feedback on this. And if it, you know, compares to turkey and ham and roast beef, would you eat it for lunch weekly? Would you bring it as a sandwich? I mean, I, I just think about, like, I mean, with all the deli meats, you always hear about, like, and I'm maybe biased because I... I'm a pescatarian, so I'm probably mm. definitely biased, but like you always hear about the sodium in, in them and what I think about the, the tuna um, slices is that you're getting like the omega-3, like there's only health benefits, like it's, pro- it's more than likely healthier. I think it's a healthier oh, alternative. I mean, I seafood, so. you're supposed to be eating, you know, seafood twice a week and if you can squeeze this in in your lunchtime, I mean. That's perfect. And for you as a pescatarian, now you can, you know, make a sandwich. Yeah, I, lunch, I get besides peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, exactly. I get tired of my salads and, and the mm-hmm. peanut butter sandwiches. I'm actually an almond butter person, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, it gets old real fast. So I, I I think this could really shake things up. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm pretty interested to see see it get on menus and things like that. But that brings us to our final segment of today, and that's Highliner's Sea Cuisine brand. So the the Sea Cuisine, um, well not the Sea Cuisine, but Highliner's booth was was beautiful. So you walk in and there's like a huge sign that says like healthy living, live vibrantly. And they had this like little meeting, this like glass door meeting room area built in, which is like insane because it's a booth mm-hmm. at a convention hall. Um, these little tables, there was like greenery. It was just absolutely beautiful. Um, but the eat healthy, live vibrantly sign, you know, like I said, it welcomed people in. And that's really the message that, you know, they're trying to get across with, with their retail brands and Highliners. Sea Cuisine brand. Um, I got a chance to talk to Chris Mulder. He's the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing, and uh, he's been with Highliner for three years, but uh, they just consolidated, the company just consolidated their commercial sales and marketing team, so Mulder's been um, heading that up, and he's telling me that they're, they're looking at, like, the core of things as, like, and their new products, so they're really focusing on packaging format right now. And um, the new packaging format for Sea Cuisine includes skin packing. So, do you know what that is? Nicole's giving me a crazy what? look right now. Okay. Skin packing? I had to, skin packing. I had to ask Chris to show me what this is too. So, uh, it, I guess the most similar thing I can like relate it to is like if you go buy a piece of meat in the food store, you know, you're, from, you're getting it in a sealed, like a saran wrapped kind of sealed package like that. Right. It's very, very similar to that. I actually saw it in the food stores the other day. It's, um, it's, but it's like vacuum sealed, but you're looking at like the fresh piece of seafood right there. It's, you're, it's not in a cardboard box. It's not hidden behind anything. When you pick up this, this you know, skin packaged product, you have the piece of fish right in front of you. You see the seasoning on it. You see- The quality, the color. Exactly. And let me tell you, the packaging is like 
beautiful, honestly. It's like, I, <laughs> I, now that I'm like noticing these things in the store, it's really crazy. Okay, so it's on this like black background, mm-hmm. background. It's like on a black tray kind of. Um, and the fish is just like, I mean, every, all the fish is seasoned differently. It depends on which one you get, but it just looks beautiful. And then they have this like bright, colorful like packaging. I'll tell you what it is. So whether it's salmon, tilapia, um, but I don't know, it's just like, it's a really trendy looking package and I just enjoyed, you know, it's just, it's just she really just likes looking at the packaging. I know, it was just cool. But I mean, like I, I honestly, I rarely buy fresh seafood, like, mm-hmm. um, probably scallops and halibut when it's in sea, like otherwise you buy frozen. Yeah. And, and, um, just because, and I'll get more into this with Highliner is that, uh, I don't know a lot of how to cook it, you know? So I buy the, the frozen stuff and. I mean, the packaging doesn't bother me, but it's just nice, like, you know, this this product is also, the sea, uh, the skin packaging is also frozen, and it's one thing, I don't know, I just feel better it, about it. It's frozen, it. but it seems fresh, because you can see it. Yeah. I, I totally understand. All right, you're on my, you're on my level. <laughs> I'm okay. on your side, for once. <laughs> but, um, so the skin packing, their new line of it has dozens of new flavor profiles, and species and um, like I said it has a bright and fun label but in addition to the skin pack the brand also redesigned their club packaging so I actually get some of the eyeliner's um, uh, lemon pepper cod at Costco so they redesigned packaging for that and they also redesigned their core legacy packaging so um, I had you know Chris talk to me a little bit more about the packaging we're gonna listen to what he had to say right here what they're able to do is, right, is get a really good view of, of the quality ingredients that, that we put into the product. Okay. And again, we think what, we're, what we've seen in the data in, uh, in a limited rollout is uh, we're bringing new users to the category because okay. it is a different, again, from a change from the legacy packaging to something where they can really see the the product and the flavors. So I, I thought that was it was a really cool opportunity to talk to Chris more about the the Sea Cuisine brand and their packaging, um, and you can talk to me more about like it's just like the way that you know people consume seafood is like they like you know everybody in the seafood industry not just Highlander but I think every company just wants to see consumption of seafood oh, yeah. increase. You know, and, and like I said before, like I'm intimidated intimidated I'm intimidated on <laughs> how to cook it. It's like convenient, like it's frozen, it's already pre-seasoned, I don't have to do anything in it. I literally have to heat up the oven and throw it on a cookie tray, and that's it. And like it can't get any better than that, so you know? easy. Because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm probably more actually afraid to cook chicken than I am to cook, oh, to yeah. cook fish. I don't think I've ever cooked chicken. Really? Side note, <laughs> I'm too scared. If it's pink, oh. Yeah, and that's the whole thing is like, I mean, tuna, most people eat it. You know, raw. Yeah, rare and. But that's the difference, I guess, between some seafood and chicken. You can't you eat chicken raw. Eat chicken raw. Like I said, it's just keep an eye out for Highlander's Sea Cuisine. It's the packaging's beautiful, and they got some new seasonings and species out with it too. So something to keep an eye out for. Big things ahead for Highlander. Exactly. And that wraps up our podcast for today. Once again, our podcast is brought to you by Ernerberry's Foreign Trade Data. And just so you know, Foreign Trade Data was actually recently updated as well. So what you can do if you're not familiar with it is you can call 732-240-5330 and you can have one of our account managers show you the site around. And that's all we have for you today. We will talk to you next week.